Today, a migrant toddler dies in the Rio Grande. But don't worry, there's not a crisis going on at the border. A mayor of a prominent Democrat city flips to Republican. And congratulations, America. We have our very first trans NFL cheerleader. Yay! We've got all of that and more coming up, and it all starts right now. Welcome to the news and why it matters. I am Sarah Gonzalez and today the country's open borders policy has tragically claimed another life. This time a three-year-old boy who drowned in the Rio Grande River while he was crossing into the country illegally with his family. First responders arrived on the scene to render aid, but the toddler was declared dead at a local hospital in Eagle Pass. Now, this comes less than a week after a 10-year-old boy from Honduras suffered the same fate after the current dragged him under the water and he drowned. And make no mistake, this will keep happening at the hands of the Biden regime and the Democrat Party, the ones who, of course, claim to be the compassionate party. We're the bleeding heart liberals who actually care about people. But I would ask the Biden administration, is this compassion? Keeping the borders wide open. No, literally cutting razor wire that states are using as a barrier. Suing the state of Texas for putting up a buoy, some sort of barrier at least. Unlocking gates that Texas National Guard have previously locked just to let these people in. Is it compassionate to keep our borders so open that you know full well it will attract people to make a dangerous journey? To entice women and children to make a journey while they, were, they will be raped by dozens of men along the way to dangle a carrot in front of a family willing to put their toddler in a river that they can't survive? Is it compassionate to Americans or to the town of Eagle Pass who didn't ask for their streets to be overrun by strangers who haven't been properly vetted, draining their already stretched thin resources? Is it compassionate to completely ignore them after your radical policies have devastated their community? Because that's exactly what the Democrat, yes, I said Democrat mayor of Eagle Pass, said the Biden administration has done, ignored them. Does the president bear some of the responsibility I mean, for the crisis in your city? I'll be honest with you, I believe 100% he does bear some responsibility uh, for this crisis. I haven't heard from anybody in the administration. Uh, the president hasn't put out the state, a statement, the vice president, I haven't heard from anybody. Nobody has bothered to call me, anyone in the city staff saying, hey, this is the federal government. We know what you're going through. We're worried about you. This is our plan of action. Nothing. We're here abandoned. We're on the border. We're asking for help. This is unacceptable. Please just enforce the laws that are on the books. We're a nation of laws. That's all I ask for is that it, it shouldn't be... Uh, like this. We should be able to enforce laws. If you want to come here, good. Come legally. A lot of people have in the past. It takes a lot of money and years to do it the right way. And it's not fair for those people that now you have thousands of people coming in without one single consequence. It's just not fair. And yet the administration thinks so little of you, the little peons who make their lives more difficult, who stand in the way of their communist dystopia, that they won't even answer a question about the ongoing illegal immigrant crisis. So what do you call it here at the White House when 10,000 people illegally cross the border in a single day? So what do you call it, Peter, when GOP puts forth a, a, a wait, no, 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 you can't. Green? I'm answering. OK, we're going to move on. You're answering on. No, 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 okay. no, 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 we're moving on. Green, moving. please. In the back, no, you said you were stopping the flow the of the border. No, no, I tried to migrants. answer, uh, Peter, okay. I tried to answer the question. You stopped me. Let's go. Okay. 
Does that sound compassionate to you? Hmm. I want to welcome to the program Eric July, founder and owner of Ripaverse Comics and Blaze TV contributor, along with John Doyle, Blaze TV contributor and host of Heck Off Commie. Um, getting a little fed up with this, uh, you know, just complete abandonment and just, I, well, you know what, we're just going to ignore, we're just going to ignore all of these Democrat cities. I mean, isn't that the irony in all of this? Is that El Paso, you've got the Democrat mayor of El Paso, you've got the Democrat mayor of Eagle Pass. I mean, these are cities that are typically heavily Democrat. And even they're saying, guys, the Biden administration is doing this to us. And, and, and on top of doing it to us, they've completely abandoned us. They're not even helping. So there's two kind of issues that I, I want to address very quickly about this. First and foremost, um, you know, as you mentioned, or we mentioned earlier in the, in the show with, it's very unfortunate. You got a three-year-old that has passed, has been kids that have died, uh, kind of going on this journey, whether they've been sold off by their parents, or irresponsible parents, um, or it's just they got caught up in the mix. Either way, they're incentivized to do that or unfortunately be sold into doing that. And uh, that's an issue that, that that has to get addressed. But that's the issue that always gets ignored when you start to talk to us, particularly leftists in this country, about um, immigration. You know, it's not as uh, uh, black and white as they would like it to believe. Everybody is just uh, good hearted and wants to get over the, o over here. And uh, it's the, uh, the the evil Americans, particularly these border states uh, that are trying to keep these people out when really uh, you are throwing a lot of people under a bus and incentivizing them to embark on very dangerous journeys that get children killed so if if look you got to wear those shoes and on the other side the thing that gets so frustrating about this i think last time i think it was us us three uh talking about it and, and my position on on this in relation to the federal government and i know a lot of people including other uh, republicans uh you know hate when i get to talking about my my decentralization and and, and telling the feds to go screw themselves but you know okay who do the be it the mayors be it the, uh, the, the governor, be it whatever, state and local at the local level, who exactly are they supposed to be serving and protecting is the question that I'll pose to all of the Texas, Texans out there because this is all unique uh, to us, right? Yeah, is it the federal government or is it the people that are within this geographical area? Uh, supposedly, it's the people within that geographical area. So if you recognize something as a fundamental problem, Collectively, the way that I see it, I don't know if they actually want a solution because it's the same damn thing. And it includes Abbott. It's, well, we got to act based upon what the federal government decides that we need to do. Right. So, we, of course, because whether you think they of course, they monopolize the, the border, whatever you want to call it doesn't matter really to me. The bottom line is that you're unfortunately the one that, and well, the people are the ones that have to deal with this as an issue. Mm -hmm. So at what point do these people start to step up and t realize, well, number one, the federal government has either created this issue or they're the least capable uh, of fixing it. Maybe it's a combination uh, of both. If you recognize that, at what point do you then start putting boots to asses and just find a solution yourself? And the fact that that's not even on the discussion table right now, I don't actually believe be a Democrat or Republican they actually want to solve this particular issue. That's just me, though. Yeah, John. I, yeah, I think that's completely right because 
We have this like weird sort of um, volleyball game with like whether it's the word Nazi or illegal aliens with like Democrats and Republicans going back and forth with it, but nobody actually wants to like solve the problem. And you see a lot of this footage that's happening and it's in Texas, like it's the southern border, but it's in Texas. Texas is supposed to be the state that is so like right wing that it's the butt of jokes. We have significant majorities in both chambers of state Congress. We have Greg Abbott. Why are things not being done? Well, because the federal government's gonna tell him no. This is his moment to become like that guy. I mean, if he declared like sovereignty from the federal government in the sense that we're gonna handle the problem and if you wanna send your guys in to like fight with Texan border patrol or whatever, like good luck, good luck with that PR crisis. Uh, I wish that that would be what would happen because you could actually mitigate this problem to a large degree if we simply had like the political willpower at the state level. So, and I don't disagree with you, but I think that what Greg Abbott is doing is actually far worse um, because he is in gesture doing what you're saying, right? Like he, I, every six months or so, he writes a tweet like this one. It's like, I officially declare an invasion at our border because of Biden's policies. We deploy the Texas National Guard, DPS, and local law enforcement. We're building a border wall, razor wire, and marine barriers. We're also repelling migrants. Well, what he also did this week was accidentally, uh, when he officially declared an invasion again, um, put posted a press release that I guess he got confused with all of the times that he's officially declared an invasion and then done nothing and accidentally attached a press release from November of 2022 when he did the exact same thing. So like, not only are you actually not doing anything, you're, I mean, it's just, you're just telling these people like, hey, anytime that I give this tough talk, I don't intend to follow through with it because I've said this a million times before and it sounds really great and it gets lots of retweets and likes, but in reality, he's not doing anything. He's just saying he's doing well, something. Th this is the thing. And I don't think that it's not, well, I guess I can see where it is difficult. I don't think that it's difficult, but I can see that, look, when you make that decision to basically go against the will of the Fed, you're going to get some level of pushback and people are going to feel some kind of way. But that's just the reality. Somebody has to yeah. do it. Yeah. And uh, uh, to Mr. Doyle's point here, I mean, you could, this is your chance. Right. This is your moment. You get to solidify yourself in uh, really Texas history, probably never lose an election again in your, uh, at all. Um, hell, you become essentially the president of Texas by simply putting your foot down and saying, look, I'm going to do it. If you feel some kind of way about it, good luck. We'll, we'll handle that accordingly. But what we're not going to do is sit here and have to wait right. for you guys right. to decide what we must do when there in any event that there is a crisis and I'm glad at least minimum now people are seeing no matter where you're at on the side of the issue or whether you, you lean towards these Democrats or Republican. This is something that does impact you and often these border towns tend to be uh, uh, de uh, uh, Democrat considering uh, their demographic and they realize, well, this this freaking sucks. So mm -hmm. do something about it is what I want or what I anticipate and I expect. And I think that that would send a message really not just to the people of, of, of Texas, but people really are, are across the country that are dealing with these issues as opposed to waiting for these idiots out there in Washington mm -hmm. to try to solve an issue. Why don't you go do it yourself, especially states like Texas, which have more than enough resources to get it done? I, so to that point, I, I have to believe that there are enough uh, young strapping men. I was just about to say, I know like 50 guys in DFW yeah. who, who aren't just like, you know, sitting around playing, who have like good jobs, yeah. who would quit to go join Greg Abbott's like right. state board. I would, I would quit whatever <laughs> this is and I would go do that because 
That, and you know, this is like a lot of the reason people, young people, get involved in crime or like in you know parts of Latin America cartels is because. Not like they're necessarily bad people, but it provides to them that sort of like warrior experience. And you don't really have a lot of ways to channel that impulse as a young man. Certainly maybe not in the U.S. military anymore. But with Greg Abbott's state border patrol, mm -hmm. that would be awesome. In mm -hmm. a second, I would go join that because that everyone's waiting. And it's just a matter of people at the state level taking charge and doing it because... Everybody wants it to happen. Everybody knows it needs to happen. And we've got this, I don't know if it's because of like big government or bloated bureaucracy, but everybody always thinks that like the government, oh, they're working really hard and there's all this like, you could solve that problem by the end of this year. Mm -hmm. You could have a secure border by the end of this year. Mm -hmm. And that's probably even liberal in, in estimation. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I think probably it already exists enough Texas National Guardsmen who are like, you give me the order, I will, we will stand right along this razor wire and we will not move when the feds come, Border Patrol comes and says, you need to move so we can cut this wire. You well, we're just go, waiting on the order. You tell them to go screw themselves. It's, it is more of them than it is you. You tell them to go screw themselves. And I don't even think that they would actually act. They wouldn't. Because, because they wouldn't. It would look so terribly yes. bad yes. Uh, on them. And it's just not, it's, it wouldn't be even from a political perspective worth it for them to try to have some sort of conflict. I agree with Texas you. Texas v, v, uh, uh, v the United States government. That's they don't true. want I that. agree with that. Well, that, and that's what I'm saying. Plus, plus, I I think you have to factor in too. I know a lot of Border Patrol uh, agents, maybe they're not still with Border Patrol because they've already given up, but I know a lot of them have existed that are so sick and they're like, I didn't get into this to process illegal immigrants and allow them into the interior of the country. Like I got into this to defend the country's borders. Yep. You have to imagine that there are also enough of them that maybe still exist that like, they're not trying to do that, right? They don't want to, to start this, you know, act of aggression on these Texas National Guardsmen who are literally just For defending sure. the borders that Border Patrol is supposed to be defending. Yeah, you have to imagine that that, that all exists. important issue, too, with our people polling. Literally, one, two, three, and four most important issues are always immigration-related. So if Texas decided to take that initiative and then the government pushed back, you've got, like— a perfect recipe. You've got actually standing up for the country and for your people, the government trying to clamp down on you. This is like a story. It's like all coming together. So I hope that it actually happens, but I don't think it will. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's go ahead and take a quick break. And then when we come back, I want to talk about this uh, Democrat mayor turning Republican. This is a I'm very fascinated to get the, the guy's takes here at the table, but uh, we want to thank our new sponsor of the show first, Neurohacker. So it's really important that, you know, we, we start to get older, that we take care of ourselves physically and mentally, that, you know, we try to age as gracefully as we can, but we also will feel better when we do that. Your body is constantly making new cells, but the older cells, which are called senescent cells, tend to accumulate as you age. So this can lead to like aches and pains, slow workout recoveries, and just kind of having sluggish mental and physical energy that, you know, you think that's just like, well, I'm middle-aged, so that's the way I feel now, but I have something that can help you. It's called Neurohacker. It packs seven of the most science-backed senolytic ingredients into one formula called Qualia Senolytic, and you can take it for just two days a month for really fast, noticeable benefits for a much better aging process. So if you're in your late 20s or older, like me, I'm in my late 20s, 
Adding Coelius Analytic into your diet can play a crucial role in combating negative aging symptoms. I know. I've tried it, and I love it. You can go to neurohacker.com news for up to 50% off Coelius Analytic. And as a fan of the News & Why It Matters, you can use code NEWS at checkout for an extra 15% off your purchase. That is neurohacker.com news to try it with code NEWS and start aging on your terms. So Dallas Democrat Mayor Eric Johnson, well, I should say he was a Democrat, but he just announced in this Wall Street Journal opinion op-ed uh, article that he is switching parties and becoming a Republican. Uh, he wrote, America's cities need Republicans, and I'm becoming one. He, In his statement, he said, I've been the mayor of Dallas for more than four years during that time, my priority has been to make the city safer, stronger, and more vibrant. That meant saying no to those who wanted to defund the police. It meant fighting for lower taxes and a friendlier business climate. And it meant investing in family-friendly infrastructure, such as better parks and trails. After these wins for the people of Dallas and after securing 98.7% of the vote in my, I love that he uses the 0.7 just to, like, keep it up. 98.7% <laughs> uh, of the vote in my re-election campaign this year. I have no intention of changing my approach to the job, but today I am changing my party affiliation. Next spring, I will be voting in the Republican primary. When my career in elected office ends in 2027, on the inauguration of my successor as mayor, I will leave office as a Republican. Uh, I want to read one more here. The future of America's great urban centers depend on the willingness of the nation's mayors to champion law and order and practice fiscal conservatism. Our cities desperately need the genuine commitment to these principles, as opposed to the inconsistent, poll-driven commitment of many Democrats that has long been a defining characteristic of the GOP. Um, so he is, he's, he can't run again. He's, he's a lame duck, uh, according to the term limits for the city. But I think it's a fascinating conversation because, you know, I saw this and I thought, I mean, this is news. I, this is one of the biggest, you know, heavily Democrat, deep blue, blue, blue cities out there. And you have the mayor admitting the Democrat policies are not working. These these cities are these cities are crap. Uh, and we need to do something different. Hey, actually, I just found out that all these conservative policies that you guys keep crapping on are actually doing something, and I'm speaking out about it. Now, I know I've seen a lot of, of pushback on online of conservatives saying, well, he's not going to be a real conservative. He's just going to be like, a, you know, a rhino or a Democrat light, and he's not going to agree with you on social issues. I'm not sure that he needs to. We, we need a wake-up call in these major cities I feel like I'm not like sold that he's going to vote in lockstep with me all the time, but I don't really need him to. I think that if we can get some baby steps on this issue and have these Democrats realize that they're running their cities into the ground and we have a major problem, maybe that's a step in the right direction. Am I being too optimistic? Well, I mean, that's contingent on if his positions actually are have changed, because first of all, I don't know what the hell he was going on about, about him being pro or like fiscal conservatism, uh, and he was no, wasn't gonna change. I was like, you'd be changing because you've not been this like <laughs> pro decentral. Uh, th that's never been Eric Johnson's uh, position. Uh, look, man, I'm from Dallas, born and raised. Uh, this, this is very much my my city. You know what I mean? And yeah, it has gone to crap. Even a lot of the outskirts suburbs, which were once positive, uh, aren't so mm -hmm. much uh, anymore. Out. And we've seen them go in to the absolute tank. 
uh, even in my lifetime, right? They're like even something like Duncanville is completely different from what it was when I was there or uh, in that area, even the Redbird area uh, in, in, in South, South Dallas. So, you know, yeah, these policies have uh, and there's some cultural issues that I don't think are going to be fixed by the government. But, yeah, I guess the first first part of the issue is admitting that it's a problem. So. Whether or not I believe him is contingent. I believe people can change. Hell, I used right. to be a leftist. You know what I mean? So yeah. uh, for sure, I, I at least open that door. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it, that's all. This whole thing is only contingent on if not only is he actually changing and he believing he believes this stuff, but he's voicing uh, why yeah. to these people that have often voted for him. Right. Uh, why these positions have uh, are bad or why the new positions that he have are more positive for the city. Yeah, because like you could you could within yourself go, OK, I'm recognizing this. But like, why why take the blowback that I'm going to get from my own party? Why not just be quiet about it? I'm going to, you know, if I like fiscal conservatism, that's how I'll run the city. But I don't need to blab it out to all of my constituents, even though I'm not running again. Like, that makes me look bad to them. And he still chose to say it out loud anyway. Well, maybe Uh he has ambitions uh, in GOP electoral politics. I don't know. Mm. I mean... Republicans really like it when black people agree with them on things. It's true. So, like, they would propel him to maybe, That's like... That's why we have Tim Eric Scott, here. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> like, Tim Scott's replacement or something. That's what it was. They saw, like, the McDonald's tweet, and they were like, we need somebody who can who can do something better than this. Did you see that? No. Oh, it's well, Tim Scott's McDonald's tweet? Yes. No, what he said. I, I didn't even understand. He was just sitting there holding some fries, saying, hey, I mean, it, make, it was corny. I didn't understand. Yeah, it. he was, like, trying to campaign or something. But I don't know. I would like there to be less of an aura of marijuana in Europe in Dallas. Yeah. Um, and if he can do that, I don't really care if he's there on all the other issues. And I'd like to see him do something because if he says this and then doesn't do anything, people are going to think that he was a Republican governing and then nothing actually changed. Yeah, they're going to say our ideas don't work. Right. So like, if you're going to take it there, you have to be willing to commit to it. Right, right. Well, you do bring up a great point. When I was um, at the Latinx Pride Festival, uh, what was this last weekend, God, two weekends ago? I don't know. I've tried to scrub my brain from all of it, um, trying to get footage of this all ages event. I did. It was a very weird situation to be in. I'm walking up to the park that it was in, and like I smell a very strong smell of marijuana at the same time that like Dallas PD is all out right there. And I'm just like, this is, it's just weird to me. Maybe I'm, you know, like, I'm this sheltered suburban mom who doesn't get out enough. I don't know. But it just felt very weird to me to be like, these people are clearly doing this right in front of the cops and nobody seems to care, including the cops. Yeah, it's like, you know. Eric's probably like, who cares? Well, well, yeah, in that regard. But that doesn't change the fact that, first of all, Dallas Police Department is uh, ass. I can at least say that. (laughs) I feel like I can't uh, say that. So I'll go on a limb and say it. Go go ahead, John. I was just going to say, like, these places become just centers where your senses are assaulted. You know, like, American culture is sort of over the top and extravagant and decadent sometimes, but it also can be more quaint and reserved and kind of like you keep to yourself. But you go to these places and it, it really is just an assault on the senses. I mean, everything, you're hearing just like weird stuff and you're smelling weird things and you're seeing weird things and, and it's like you're not enjoying your time. And at best you're trying to just like keep your eyes forward, move yes, along, get to yes. your little destination, a little brunch restaurant or whatever. But uh, it's not actually like a nice city experience, which is something I think we should have in this country because 
that's how civilizations would define themselves by like their great cities. And we think it's funny to like retreat to the suburbs or retreat to the countryside. And it's like, okay, well that just means you lost. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, look, I, when I was having to go to the Dallas uh, city courthouse, when I was dealing with my, um, the run-in with the Beto campaign, I, um, it was very, it was, I felt like, Gosh, it's really hard to to be in this position because you can't I can't bring my firearm in with me, but you also don't have parking directly on site. So you have to park several blocks away and walk there completely defenseless. And I was like, I, it was actually very terrifying for me because there are so many weird seedy looking characters along the way. And you're just like, they could do anything to me and I'm completely defenseless. Um, and I always get that feeling when I go into the heart of Dallas. So I don't know. I'm going to. Maybe you're right, John. Maybe your cynicism is correct. Maybe he just wants to like run for office somewhere else and he thinks that he's like, oh, I know, I'll run as a black conservative. Well, I mean, think White about it. Like, that. If you're going to, like, black people are falling out of favor in like Democrat politics, it seems. It seems like you've got all these other, you know, whether they're sexual minorities or other ethnic minorities coming. And so maybe he feels like his interests can best be represented in the Republican Party. That's fine, but just actually like commit to it. Yeah. Um, I pulled up this Tim Scott tweet. It is weird. It is just yeah, I didn't understand it. It's just yet. him holding a carton of McDonald's fries saying, got a little hungry on the road in Iowa. Good thing I spotted the golden arches. It's not how a normal person speaks. <laughs> Literally, like, like anything would have been I'm just like that. you. I love those golden arches fries. <laughs> wow. Um, okay. All right. Let's go ahead and take a quick break. We will be back with more. First, we want to thank our sponsor, Beam. So... I don't know if you realize this, poor sleep can cause a whole litany of issues in your body, weight gain, mood issues, poor mental health, lower productivity. So what I need to tell you about is Beam Dream. So Beam Dream has this, it's a Beam's Dream Powder. They've got this healthy hot cocoa for sleep and I use it at home. It tastes delicious and it really does help you get deep sleep. Today, my listeners get a special discount on Beam's Dream Powder, their best-selling healthy hot cocoa for sleep. It's got no added sugar. You know, I don't do the added sugar thing. This one fits the bill for me. It's now available in delicious flavors like sea salt caramel, cinnamon cocoa, chocolate peanut butter. I have the sea salt caramel. I love it. Um, All the flavors are delicious and you know you're going to get better sleep. A recent clinical study revealed Dream helped 93% of users wake up feeling more refreshed and 93% reported that Dream helped them get a more restful night's sleep. Because you know, you, you get these products and you try them and then you wake up all groggy and stuff. That's not going to happen with this. So what you do, you're just gonna mix Beam Dream into hot water or milk. I use milk. You can stir it or froth it. I froth it and enjoy before bedtime. So find out why Forbes and New York Times are all talking about Beam and why it's trusted by the world's top athletes and business professionals. If you want to try Beam's best-selling dream powder, get up to 40% for a limited time, 40% off. When you go to shopbeam.com slash news, use code news at checkout. That is B-E-A-M dot com slash news. Use code news for up to 40% off. I'd like to introduce you to Justine Lindsay. This is the NFL's first transgender cheerleader. And um, he is, uh, wow, that is, that is something. That is a gorgeous, gorgeous woman. Um, So he apparently is speaking out. He wants to influence the youth. 
He says that he is sad to see states ban hormonal and medical procedures for youth. He really, really wants your kids to have their uh, genitals mutilated, apparently. And um, he was featured in Elle magazine this month because we've... Why leave a woman's magazine for just women? We need to give men the opportunities to be on women's magazines as well. And he told the magazine that he hopes he can impact future generations. He says, I want to change the narrative for my trans sisters and brothers just to let them know that if you have a goal, go for it. Um, I think we have a little clip of Justine Lindsay. Let's watch. It's bigger than me. I'm setting up for the younger generation of trans women and men. If I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna do it, and I'm gonna be a leader. I wish you wouldn't. I wish you wouldn't. Gentlemen, is this, this is, this is where we're at. This, is this what you wanna see when you turn on the NFL? You really excited about this? No, nah, it's pretty Look at gay. That. Uh, <laughs> but. I, I don't know, man, what these what these guys are doing, particularly sports teams. Um, the the primary demographic that would be at a game, especially in Carolina, uh, I don't think they're trying to see that. Really? Um, that? For one, you don't think they're trying to see that? I, I don't. I'm not. I'm not sure uh, if this person was. Uh, <laughs> Eric sounds like he's choosing his words very carefully. Yeah, because right now. Really, yeah, you know, obviously with, <laughs> with you being on YouTube and all that, I just want to make. We're sure. already muting a bunch of that. Yeah. I already can tell you. Yeah, so. you know, so I'm, I'm just trying to make sure that I don't do nothing. If, if it was my chat, I just go ahead and let it loose. But I don't well, want to get we, anybody else uh, kind of in trouble there. But you know, this does speak to just kind of the cultural yeah. right, okay? Um, that it hasn't infested pretty much any any and everything. Uh, whether it be with these die programs and mm -hmm. sort of implementing these uh, people uh, into these positions that otherwise they uh, let's just say I don't think that person got it, got the job because they were the best person for it. Um, there was clearly some box that needed to get checked where it came from. I don't actually know. But we do see this pretty much in every single corporate sort of entity. Uh, now that this is sort of the thing that they adopt, and once they adopt it, of course, the person has to make this big deal uh, about it, and everybody else is going to make a big deal about it, going to cover it. And they say that they're doing it for these uh, young people. Uh, I don't know why uh, you're doing it for them. Um, that, that makes this even more weird, and it speaks <laughs> to the fundamental problem here, yeah. uh, that people are arguing that they don't want this stuff to be targeting uh, young folks. So it's just all around just, just bizarre. Very weird. I think, I don't know if there are any other institutions left where you can still find, like, attractive women. The NFL cheerleaders may have been the last one. That was your last it, beacon of hope. I think it, it may have been, because now you're seeing uh, our friend who is uh, <laughs> Wait, cheering Ju on. Justine, our, our friend Justine? Yeah, no, friend of the show. Yeah, big friend. <laughs> and I don't know, like, at what point as a man are you just going to stop watching the NFL? I don't know, like, because there was the football is gay commercials a couple years ago. Oh, yeah. There was the end zones and the Black Lives Matter stuff, which honestly, that's fine. Like, I can understand how you could watch professional football and, and still believe in Black Lives Matter. Like, that squares to me. But I don't understand, like, what attracts you to professional athletics that is not going to be overridden 
by the presence of that cheerleader. And I don't think they're going to have this person front and center. But still, it's like, this is how it starts. Oh, I bet they will. And there's going to be more, and it's going to continue. And it's just, it's, yeah. I bet they will. Well, I mean, why, why why, make the decision to have him on the team if you're not going to, like, parade him around as, like, you know what? look want- what we did. Look what we did. I want to know what the cheerleaders uh are saying about this and things. Because, like, when you reach a certain... Because women tend to be very sort of catty, but when you reach, like, that level of attractiveness, that's, like, that's like the NFL, but for being, like, catty. Mm. So imagine, like, what's going on <laughs> in those locker rooms. Do they? Do you think they share locker rooms? Yeah, I bet they, they do. Have, like, the, uh, the NFL, I'm sure they have some sort of streaming platform or something for like a show they should have like the Carolina Panthers like the cheerleaders or something I want to see like hard knocks yeah yeah for the cheerleaders okay I want to switch gears here and talk about this I saw this story and I love this topic very controversial topic okay a small town do you know this town John it's just north of Detroit Michigan Gross Point Shores yes yeah. okay so this town just passed a measure banning pit bulls by a vote of four to three. This was after a Detroit Lions player's dog attacked a neighbor, and of course it was a pit bull. Um, And so it's gonna prevent any new pit bulls from being allowed in the community. Those who already own them will be allowed to keep their pets, but they have to abide by a number of conditions. Um, Install a fence on their property, no less than six feet tall, keep the dog on a leash, take out a $100,000 liability insurance policy for potential attacks. Um, And I, I'm very curious to know your thoughts on whether or not you support pit bull bans. I don't really support pit bull bans. I believe the policy I called for on my Twitter recently was total pit bull genocide <laughs> because, you know, I've seen all these conservatives recently and they're just like, oh, I'm going to be edgy. We should ban pit bulls. And it's like, okay, I see you. And I raise you calling for <laughs> genocide against pit bulls because they're just like, you know, honestly, I don't have a problem with the animal. I, I do. Understand. Well, I do, but really, I hate the owners. Because it's, if you're going to own a pit bull and just be like, yeah, I like it because it can kill things. That's cool to me. I respect that. What I don't like is the, well, I have a pit bull and she's the sweetest little bundle of joy ever. Like, you're gaslighting me. That's like the ultimate thing that pit bull owners want. When they buy a pit bull, they want one day for the pit bull to start attacking somebody so they can gaslight the person who's being attacked about it as it's happening. Like, he's usually never like this. Meanwhile, you're getting like your throat ripped out. Yeah. So. I support it because, look, just be honest about it. You like it. The same reason, you know, I want a golden retriever because he's really sweet and loyal and I want, you know, a, a beagle so he can go hunting with me or whatever. You want the pit bull because you think it's cool that it can kill things. Like, that's what it is. I don't think people should be able to own dogs like that because, and people think it's like, oh, well, you should, that's what the left says about guns. A gun sits there. Mm. A dog is its own thing. It has agency and it has willpower. And there are so many stories, you hear them literally every week about, we had this dog for years, never, and then all yeah. of a sudden it heard like a clap and it freaked out and killed somebody. Like, yeah. I don't know. I, so. I want the plot twist of it turns out Eric has a pit bull. I've had them. Um, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, here's the thing. Uh, pit bull owners, uh, and, and I, I'm going to be honest. First of all, they have to, I almost cussed there. Uh, they have fine. To, they have to define it. Um, they have to define what the hell a pit bull uh, is. Because most fair. people, with, definitely with these bully breeds, they have no idea what the hell it is that they're defining it as. Yeah. Here's my position on this. It is of no, and I wish we would be honest, including people that want to outright ban it, the people that generally own pit bulls are the most irresponsible uh, dog owners that exist. They're often people that don't care for them. They're often people that just have them on some chain and a leash in the back. And yeah, they're going to act up. 
That's been my experience uh, with people that own pit bulls. The minute I see them, I can tell you, you should not be owning that type of dog. There are some, obviously, some, they're dogs, right? They, they have different breeds. They, they all act different. And to act as if that's not a dangerous animal right off the rib or can be, is dishonest. You say the same thing about like a mountain or say the same thing about a, a uh, Rottweiler. And that actually the rot used to be the version of the pit that people would gripe about when I was coming up because most people own Rottweilers. Now the irresponsible dog owners all get this stupid, uh, get this pit, pit bull, which to me is not the best dog. And I say this is someone that, that, that has had it. So. I want to talk about that because they're not separate issues. This person that if you get if you ban a pit bull, they'll find some other uh, uh, dog and be irresponsible with that. And that'll be the next one that we're going to up and ban. So but I'm not afraid to talk about the demographics. Oh, yeah, sure. Of course, it was an NFL uh, NFL guy whose dog went and attacked somebody. Of course, that's to be expected. So let's talk about that. It's an uncomfortable uh, conversation because now we got to talk demographics of the people that own that often own these uh, own these dogs and don't know what the hell it is that they're doing. So it absolutely still is an owner problem. But the same thing can be said for basically any breed aside. I, when I say any breed, I'm not saying that like the like a golden retriever is the same thing as, as that. No, I'm saying that regardless of what dog it is that irresponsible owners, and I agree that shouldn't everybody shouldn't even own a dog, irresponsible owners, they'll gravitate towards the next one that they deem as kind of the aggressive one. And then that'll be the next one that we're sitting here that we're sitting here arguing about. But I don't think everybody should own dogs because they're not all fit to own dogs. So I I, I know we have to go to break in a second, but I don't like I don't I don't think pit bulls should be allowed. I, I don't know that I would go so far as John. I well, when you say not allowed, you're. I mean, it's it's fair, right? Like, I maybe I'm just saying like I don't want to be the one to like do the genociding because I like I like animals except for skunks, um, I, which I've learned recently through uh, personal experience with my dog. But but I also I am biased because when I was growing up, I did see I watched happen a pit bull just snap out of nowhere and go attack a young boy who was who was do. playing right who was playing on his own minding his own business, and my dad had to go run and like this was in the country. My dad had to go run. We were taking a walk and go beat the crap out of the dog with his foot to get the dog to release the boy. I've also seen um, a pit bull attack my my dog for no reason at a dog park. And my experience with the owner, to your point, my experience with the owner, like I almost, I mean, I wouldn't have gone to jail because I can compose myself. I say I, I almost went to jail. Like I'm obviously like elaborating on that. I'm exaggerating. But like she was so rude and just like snotty and just exactly how you would expect her to be like well your dog actually came after mine like well your dog approached my dog and my dog growled as a sign that she didn't want your dog in her face and your dog attacked her by the throat so no it wasn't really my dog's fault because she wasn't the aggressor but she was exactly how you're describing of just like just a just a Dude, they're the same stock of people who were like, um, you need to pull your mask up because to be a pit bull owner in most cases is to be spiritually communist because you're trying to apply blank slate theory, tabula rasa to an animal that was selectively bred to be really good at killing things. Yeah. And I have no, people on Twitter were like, well, you just don't like big dogs. You're like a scaredy cat. I don't mind big dogs. I mean, I have a big dog, but I even like Rottweilers. Um, I love big dogs. I'll only have a big dog. I respect the, the breed, but the problem problem with pit bulls is they have like the strength and yes. viciousness of a big breed, but they also just snap. And, snap. and that's why you look statistically like all the breeds who are the most likely to bite 
you know, you'll have like pit bulls up here, Rottweilers, et cetera, et cetera. But in terms of like actually killing people, yes. pit bulls are like way yes. over here and then Rottweilers yes. are here and everybody else is there. And so I don't know how we would define it, but definitely what we're doing now isn't working. Right. Yeah. Which, I, okay, we got to go to break, but I'll just say this one last thing. People are like, oh, but chihuahuas attack more. Well, they're freaking chihuahuas and they're not going to kill you. So I, let's factor that in. All right. We got to take a quick break. We'll be back. Drives me nuts. All right, today is Friday, which means you get another Dear Sarah. Those of you who have uh, sent in your, you know, you want life advice, you want dating advice, you want tips, whatever it is. Uh, well, not financial tips, but uh, life tips. You can email us, dearsarah at theblaze.com. And today says, Dear Sarah, with the AI explosion gearing up to replace jobs in several industries over time, how can we ready our children for professional success? Is any work immune? Sincerely concerned Mama. So I would say, yes, there is a lot of work that is immune, particularly um, jobs that would come through trade schools, um, you know, uh, mechanics, physical labor type jobs uh, would be immune. I also think there's going to be a lot of giant holes in AI that they're there are going to be industries where it's always going to be better um, with an actual human being. Maybe I'm Maybe that's just me. Well, I'm an artist, so that that where right. the, are the, the industries where it's like impacting the most. Yeah. Uh, but I don't fear. I don't think. Uh, to be fair, I don't think as it grows, there will be industry that it doesn't at least touch. Uh, but that's when you uh, people need to get creative about showing how valuable that they mm -hmm. actually. Uh, actually are. And when you're dealing with something like items sold like we are, mm -hmm. um, I, I keep telling these idiots, this, these artists that are all griping about it, like AI and other stuff and, 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 and infiltration. And I'm like, hey, guys, it's not your peers that you need to convince that. Right. It's the customers. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, like sales. I mean, I, you're, is AI going to like sell you on right. something? No, you're going to need a person, person to person interaction. You're going to need some human conversation. So there are industries. Most people were not supposed to become educated or honestly, yep. like even literate. Like I see the way people are struggling with the world around them on Twitter. Mm -hmm. Like this is why we didn't really democratize literacy. Like, look at these people know how to read now. Great. What are they doing with that? Like, focus on what you are going to be able to do that's in alignment with your skill set to produce value. AI is going to be able to just clear out a lot of the waste that's been built up in our fake economy, but there are jobs that are irreplaceable. I mean, a lot of trades, uh, and you said with sales, anything where you are creating something or adding value, you'll be fine. I, I also, I would just say this too, just because I, I want to tell you where I'm at in my own personal life. Um, my oldest son is 11, and I am consistently telling him, like, I am not sold on college in 11 years. I don't know that you need to go to a university, especially since they've become indoctrination centers. And um, so in my own personal life, I am taking the advice of like, I don't, you don't, you might not necessarily need that education to be able to go in, uh, learn a trade and do good work and make good money. So um, I just think that we definitely need to be teaching our children that like college is not the end all be all because to John's point, it was never supposed to be a thing that everybody went through. Um, and I think that that is contributing to a lot of the crisis that we're seeing now. All right, we got to take a quick break. We'll be right back. <laughs> All right, been a long week for Joe Biden, and he, I think, was sharing some very inspirational thoughts on the stage yesterday. Watch. 
And I mean this sincerely. My dad used to say, everyone, everyone is entitled to be treated with dignity and respect. The Congressional Black Caucus embodies all those values. There was just a problem. Um, he was actually talking to the H Congressional Hispanic Caucus. And I think he got his, minorities he mixed got up, his huh? black and brown people mixed up. <laughs> oh, common gosh, mistake. darn it. He's been around a block, man. It's a common mistake. It, well, uh, for Joe Biden especially. Yeah, you know? he's, had his, he's had his brushes with, a, I don't know, a little racism. And, yeah, you know, yeah. he's like, oh, God, my eyes are so bad now. I'm 80. I get, like, my brain is going. I can't see very well. And I just, you, you looked black, but really you were just brown. So... <laughs> Finishing out, uh, oh, finishing out the week strong with Joe Biden. He also, the day before, um, actually, he pissed off the, uh, who is this, the Brazilian president because he didn't shake his hand um, when he was up on the stage. He just saluted and left, and the British, there he goes. Dad, dad, old Grandpa Joe disrespected me on the stage. So things are going really well, guys. Congratulations. The president that this country deserves. Wow. Yeah, I see it. Well, we're ending on a somber note there from Eric July. Uh, all right. Thank you, guys. Ripiverse Comics, Eric July, John Doyle, Heck Off Kami. Thank you, guys, and we will see you all Monday. Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.